Hey there, folks. It's Aaron Morgenstein from FlexMedStaff.com. This YouTube video, Corinne and I discuss 1099 independent contractor versus W-2, how to negotiate your deals and what it all means and what you can get away with. I hope you learn a little bit about the difference between contracting as a W-2 and as a 1099 independent contractor in this video. Enjoy. We talked a little bit about uh, the major differences between W-2 um, full-time employed usually and 1099 as an independent contractor. So just to summarize, and then we'll go into the differences. Um, W-2 is post-tax money that you get um, where the taxes are taken out by your employer and 1099 is pre-tax. Now I'm going to go into some of the other issues and ask you, uh, you know, one of the big things we deal with is malpractice. So how would that uh, work out if you're a W-2 or if you're a 1099? Yeah, so if you're W-2, so you're a W-2 employee, your employer or the healthcare system or private practice group should be providing you malpractice insurance, period, okay? Unless you have your own and you really don't want it. But in general, if you're contracting as an employee, as a W-2, they should be providing and putting lacing you on their group policy or individual policy, whatever it be but they're responsible, in my opinion, for doing that. Now, that's different if you're an independent contractor. So if you're a 1099 independent contractor, you may be asked to provide your own health insurance, okay? And negotiating that is something we can speak about in a different video. But as an 1099 independent contractor, there's really two options. One is you provide your own or the facility fits you in or slots you into their malpractice policy. So, when you're W-2 employee, you probably should be on their group policy unless you're adamant that you want to stay on your own individual policy. Whereas when you're independent contractor, you may be asked to have your own malpractice insurance, or they may be able to slot you into their group policy. Okay, so um, that's an important difference to know. And just leading on from that, another big expense for most of us is health insurance. So... Uh, how does that work with a W-2 where usually you're under their group or employer plan, but I'll let you uh, explain, you know, the differences there. Yeah. So as a W-2 employee, you may or may not get benefits. Now, if I was negotiating a W-2 employee job, I might be asking for more money, but if I'm looking for benefits, then I want to know from them what part-time employment would look like. So how many shifts or how many hours do I need to work in order to get part-time benefits? And then I would be able to get health insurance uh, where the employer would pay a portion of the, the premium. And so would I pre-tax. So that's one nice thing about W-2 is if you work enough hours, they include you as part-time or full-time, then they can assist with providing health insurance. That's different when you're an independent contractor. When you're an independent contractor, you have to get your own health insurance and you got to negotiate with a broker or agent to find a good health insurance policy that works for you. I will say this, as a 1099 independent contractor, your premium is a business expense. So it's a tax write-off. And that is nice because we sometimes forget to calculate that in. You also have to remember that you also have to remember that you're going to be uh, not only responsible for your, for your premium as an independent contractor, but unfortunately, you will be responsible for the entire expense related to anything or any treatment you undergo. So I, I will say that better and that 
your business expense is your premium, but you cannot write off, at least this is what most accountants say, you cannot write off any treatment or the cost of any treatment. That's a personal expense. Correct. So um, we've talked about uh, malpractice health insurance and uh, another big difference is the estimated tax payments uh, because in W-2 we are getting post-tax money uh, we don't have to worry about estimated tax payments. The taxes hit our account after they are, the money hits our account after the taxes are taken out. However, when you're a 1099, you definitely want to be aware of putting aside uh, part of that money that you're getting to pay your estimated quarterly taxes. And uh, please, I would say, reach out to an accountant and not try to uh, figure this out yourself. Would you? Uh, um, yeah, so as a W-2 employee, Basically, you know, if all your money is W-2, then paid at the end of the year and you can get assistance from a, an accountant if you need. If you're a 1099 independent contractor, you could consider paying it all off at the beginning of the year. But I think most of us are going to pay estimated quarterly taxes. And most of us probably have an accountant telling us how much we should be putting down every quarter. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about uh, 401? Uh matching and self-funded 401s, Aaron, because that's another big difference between the two, I think. Yeah. So once again, like the health insurance issue, if you're a W-2 employee, you get part-time benefits, then you might be able to invest in the healthcare systems 401k plan, which actually is kind of nice if you do it right. And you'd be able to participate in their matching program and you'd be able to uh, fill or fulfill the entire employee employee contribution component of the 401k and maybe they have other retirement plans college funds etc as an independent contractor you are responsible for setting up your own retirement plans and even if you do part-time 1099 as in you have a full-time employed w-2 position if you have a independent contractor position on the side you can set up retirement funds so if you make any 1099 money you can consider retirement funds and these can be pretty powerful. You can do a straightforward SEP 401k and you can put in the employee contribution and the employer contribution. And that's a lot of money. Uh, you can go even deeper and you can put in uh, a cash balance plan or what some re uh, refer to as defined benefits plan. But these are retirement options that are great and they will lower your taxable net income. So instead of putting $19,000 into my employee contribution, if I'm a W-2 employee, I can put 50,000 plus, maybe much more uh, if I'm an independent 1099 contractor. Yes. So I think uh, the limits you're talking about is uh, 20,500 pre-tax into a 401 for a W-2, whereas uh, for a 1099, the amount is higher. I believe it's a max of 61,000 uh, pre-tax that as a 1099, you can put away and it's sheltered from your taxes. Uh, which is pretty significant and uh, uh, because you're paying both the employee and the employer portion. Okay, so um, we want to go into, I think you mentioned the cash balance plan. Do we want to get into it anymore or it's uh, outside the... Uh... No, it's just a very powerful tool. And another way of looking at a cash balance plan or defined benefits plan is kind of like a pension plan. And it's supposed to be placed into low risk funds, generally at four to 5%. Some people are more aggressive. 
It's based on your current age and your expected retirement age, how much you can put in. But it was originally built, and don't quote me on this, please. It was originally built, I think, because it was meant for people that had no retirement funds or no savings and they were 50 some years old. And so someone that's 50 years old may be able to put $300,000 pre-tax away for the following 10 years and have a nice retirement fund when they had nothing at 49 years old. So it's a very powerful tool. There's definitely some people that are anti-cash balance plan. There's some people that are pro. Certainly speak to a professional, an accountant. And, and I definitely understand the pros and cons of doing a, a, a cash balance plan. It may just come down to your, your tolerated risk and how you want to spend your money. Certainly, if you want to put all your money into real estate, then this is probably not for you. Um, if you want to do both, it's probably not a bad idea either. But that's what I would add about cash balance plans. Okay, uh, that sounds good. Uh, we also want to mention a few other things. You can take standard deductions when you're a W-2, but that's about it as far as I know. Um, so things like business expenses, et cetera, you usually cannot take a tax deduction on W-2, whereas with a 1099, business expenses are taxable deductions. Um, do you want to mention that as well? Anything yeah, so there's standard deductions like you're speaking of, mm -hmm. uh, single, married, children, all those types of deductions are available to a W-2 or a 1099. As a 1099, you have to create some of your own deductions. So that can be business expenses, that can be retirement funds, and there's a host of other things. There's something called an Augusta rule, which I'm not even sure that's the actual name, where you can rent out your house for two weeks. But there's a bunch of creative ways that you can meet deductions. Uh, I love the most, the one I talk the most about is the pass-through deduction. And this is something that's available to sober proprietors or folks with a, a PLC or an LLC, but basically anyone with a so-called small business, which is a practitioner. And if you make a certain amount of money, uh, depending on your, your being your marriage status, if you're single or not, you can actually write off 20% uh, tax-free, which is absolutely ridiculously amazing. And I'll just give some quick numbers. These are not completely accurate because they change and there's some components in there. But basically, if I'm a single individual and my net taxable income, so after all my deductions, retirement funds, all that, if I can get down to 160000 or 200000 somewhere in that area, I can now write off 20%. So some simple numbers, if I make, if my taxable net income is 200000 I now get taxed at $160,000 which is amazing. If you're married, the numbers are closer to 400,000 net taxable income. You write 20% off, that's $80,000. You're down to $320,000. That's a pretty impressive tax deduction. Yes, absolutely. And um, let's see, uh, did we wanna go into detail on the, oh, one more thing, uh, the passive losses. Um, you cannot write those off against a W-2 income, whereas you can. Um, against uh, 1099. Yeah, another great thing about being a 1099 or having 1099 money is you can write off past losses. So if you're starting a business, you can write those off. You cannot write real estate passive losses off against uh, your, your general income. Uh, there are some other creative ways to do maybe something like that, but I would speak to a tax professional. But there is some passive losses you can go against your income.
Well, that's a good understanding of some of the pros, cons, differences between W-2, 1099 independent contractor, things to think about when people are thinking about that money, how to deal with it, how to negotiate, what to negotiate for. Uh, we have a lot more content on this on this uh, material. So uh, I hope everyone enjoy, enjoyed this, got a little something out of it. If you like it and you want more of this, please subscribe to our channel. Thanks for your time and have a good day. Mm -hmm.